He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Adelaide Heward Mills. Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dan Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide Heward Mills. And what every Christian has is to be endowed with influence. When you just start from the book of Genesis, you look at Eve. Adam was created before Eve, the Bible says. And the Bible says that when God saw that everything he created was good, he was okay. But when he finished creating man, he said it was not good for man to be alone. Marriage is not man's idea. It's not the idea of the gas, the fanties, the enzymas. It's God's idea. So God said, I will make him a help meet. And God made woman. Now, when God made woman, he said, you can eat of all the trees. But this particular tree, to both of them, don't eat of it. It won't be a blessing. And then, Eve was deceived by the serpent. So she ate. She didn't have to even preach to Adam. The Bible says she gave of him, he ate, and he did eat. And I always ask, add, asking no questions. That is the influence that a woman can have. She doesn't have to do much. She just took the fruit, gave it to Adam, and that is why you and I are here today. Because when you look at betrayal in relationships, you look at infidelity, you look at terminal diseases, you look at homes, you look at shortened lives, you look at disasters in the world, wars and rumors of wars, it shows you how powerful Eve was. Because when the, the Lord came into the garden, he asked Eve, what is this that thou hast done? Because God could see many generations down the line. And he could see that man was now going to be separated from God. There's going to, there was going to be a great, a great gulf fixed between man and God. And the usual fellowship that man was accustomed to was going to be destroyed forever. How did that happen? That the influence of Eve, we are even feeling it up to today. As I was waiting to come in, I saw so many people going up, down, some going up the main road, some moving here, some moving there. I thought, I am sure that some of the people amongst them don't know the Lord. And I'm sure that when they have a meeting, where they have an opportunity to know the Lord in a deeper way, they will think that, oh, it's a useless meeting. And the reason why we are all in bondage to sin 
is just because of the influence of one woman. And that started from creation and we are still living with it. We have incurable diseases because of sin. Amen? Because of the fall of man. And look at how far this influence has gone. When you look at Delilah, she didn't have much. She just had a pair of laps. Samson had lifted the gates of Gaza. Samson had fought a whole army. I mean, when you have one man who can take over a whole army, you should know that it's not easy. But the Philistines recognized that women have a certain influence. So, after many defeats in battle, they came to Delilah and hired her. And they said, entice him and see where his great strength lieth." So Delilah set to work. And I always tell ladies who are married that even though Delilah was an evil woman, we have some good lessons to learn from her. You can learn good lessons from a bad person. That's why Jesus said, I will come like a thief in the night. He is not a thief, but it's a good um, what example to use so that when you see how thieves just come on you when you don't expect them suddenly, then you know that Jesus will come in the same way. So Delilah tempted Samson and tried him three times. And Samson would tell his sister, oh, if you tie my hair with sticks, then I'll, if you try, tie me with ropes, then Delilah would do it. The Philistine lords will come. Then she would say, Samson, the Philistines are on you. Then Samson will get up and then the ropes will break. I mean, what kind of foolishness is this? That three times you should be tried and three times you should be deceived and yet the lights don't come on. Such is the influence of a woman. She didn't go to war. She didn't have AK-47. She didn't have any bazooka. She just said, my laps. when he sleeps there, he won't think again. I pray that in future, the Lord will help you to be such a good wife that when your husband comes home and he sleeps on your lap, he will not feel like going anywhere else. Amen. I would say in a bit of a digression that most young ladies today, you don't even know how to keep home. You don't know how to cook. Every day you are buying from the street. No wonder you always constantly have running stomach, typhoid. You are with yourself. Uh, 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 what? A takeaway person. Every day you are taking wache away. You take rice and stew away. You take what? Sobolo away. You take kenke and fish But never will you ever cook Burkina. Indomie. That's the latest. When you marry, you can't be buying from the road. He will rebel against you. So it's okay to be educated. It's okay to know God. But the scriptures say the older women should teach the younger women to, among things, guide the house. Guide the house. So you may be a corporate lady. You may be an attorney like myself. You may be a court of appeal judge. At the end of the day, you come home to be a wife. You are not a CEO at home. 
You are not even a lady pastor. You are a child of God and a Christian. But at home, you are not a lady pastor. Amen? Amen. Your husband is not looking for a pastor. He's looking for a wife. He has enough shepherdorial care in the church. Amen? Amen? So Delilah, just the Bible says she pressed him with his, her words. And then finally, Samson said, oh, if you erase a shout, I shall be finished. Such is the influence of a woman. So much so that a man can even go against his own interest, his own welfare, and his own, his own tomorrow. And in the end, the, the enemies get him. And they shave his head. And the Bible says his strength departs from him. And he doesn't even know. Amen? When you look at Abigail, she was able to stop a whole army. Because she was married to a fool. Unfortunately, some of you will marry fools. There's nothing that can be done against it. We will pray. We will bind, we will cast out, we will counsel, but you will be determined that a fool is what I want to marry and I'm not going to change. Lady Reverend, who is a fool? A fool says in his heart that there's no God. A fool is somebody who has no fear of God. A fool is somebody who does not regard God in anything that he does. How can Abigail, a beautiful woman, be married to a fool? But history keeps repeating itself. And you wonder why. Because he's blind. But we the doctors, we are not blind. We can see you are married. Amen? Amen. So people came, a whole army. They said, our master is in the wilderness. He has been doing security duty for you. He has not raided any sheep. They are very bad people in the wilderness. But we've been doing work that we have not been paid for. Now we are very hungry. Please give us a few loaves of bread. And the neighbor just starts running his mouth. Like how some of you run your mouth about pastors. Run your mouth about church. Run about your mouth about things you don't understand. So all these pastors, they are in for money. Look, it's easier to earn money professionally. Not to come and stand there and don't go me. Okay, 10 CDs. Give to the Lord. Hey, pay your tithe. Hey, I rebuke the devourer. Look, it's easier to just do a few law cases. You'll be okay. It's easier to do a few consultancies. But when you want to obey God, it doesn't matter what people say. Amen. So Abigail, what did she have? She just took raisins. She took wine. She took some flesh. She saddled her horse herself. And she went with her servants ahead, some figs, and then came to David. Now, got there. She was a big woman. The Bible says that she came off her high horse and she fell on her knees and said, Upon me, oh my Lord, upon me let the city of Nabal be. And David's heart was softened. And Abigail advised her, him so much so that David said to Abigail, Blessed be this thy advice. And because of that, the whole household was saved and blood was and she said to David, God is going to give you the kingdom. She didn't know David from anywhere. But she was a woman of perception and good understanding. So she just gave him a word that you are going to be king. Now if you kill everybody, your hands will be full of blood. 
and it will not be good for you. So she, she saved David from becoming worse than he was. Because the Bible says when Solomon built a temple, God said, you have shed too much blood. So if he had added Nabal's own, perhaps it would have been worse. But thank God for a woman of influence. Amen. She just used her wisdom. She used her femininity. She used the wisdom that comes from her in order to save an entire household. Now, what is influence? Influence is the, your impact on the lives of others. And that's why I say it's making your mark. Your influence on the lives of others. And this afternoon, there are so many women of influence. Whenever I look, I, 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 there's a whole sermon I preach on women, God's secret weapon. Okay? But I think the brothers can equally be blessed because it's the word of God. Amen. So come with me to Esther chapter 1. The book of Esther. Now most of you, you know where to buy weave on. When you go, you say, give me the chocolate. How many inches is it, please? I want 16 inches, please. But when it comes to the word of God, you have no idea. But when the issues of life and the winds of life come blowing, beloved, it is not how long you live on is. It's not how long you stayed at the place to braid your hair. It is whether you know God for yourself. When I see young people, I'm very excited because I see hope. And I see many years ahead of you. And I see that you can use it to, to change the world and, and to bring people to the saving knowledge of Christ. And I can see that your life can count. So it makes me very excited. But on the flip side, I also always pray that, Lord, may they not be overcome by simple-mindedness and think that just now what they see, life is the seeds you sow. And then they germinate. And they become trees. And unfortunately, you have to eat of the fruit that we have often planted. So I pray that these your years will count for Jesus. Amen. Some of you, some foolish boy. You don't want to look ahead and serve God. You feel that that boy's love is greater than the greater love in the Bible. There's no such thing. He says, oh, I love you. Of all the girls in Regent, you are the one reigning. You are reigning only for 2013. In 2014, there will be a new Miss Malaika. There will be a new Miss Ghana. There will be a new Ghana's most beautiful. And you will come down. But the Bible says, a woman who fears the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord. She shall be praised. Amen. It says, give her the work of her hands and let her works. Her works, not her vital statistics. Her works, not her beauty. Amen. Let her works praise her. When I look back on my own life and my life in Lagon, I see that many people who didn't serve the Lord have regretted it. Some have told me 
says, some have met me in unlikely places. Sometimes in front of a department store, in front of Malcolm on the road. It's Adelaide, what you were preaching on campus, that was life. That was the truth. We wish we had taken it. But when we were on campus, we looked pilgrims and strangers. And it's good that we look like that because that's what the Bible says we will be. And when we were on campus, when we were going for all nights, prayer meetings, we looked like we didn't know what jamming was. When the rooftop was jamming, we were speaking in tongues. Even me, I was Christian, but when I was first invited to them, and I saw how they were screaming, I said, hey, this fellowship, there's no lady here. Look at the veins on their necks. And they are not even shy. Look at how they are shouting. Small prayer, you know? Because then I wasn't exposed much to the things of God. And I didn't know that what it was was that people were being themselves and praying fervent prayer. I didn't know the Bible said that the effectual fervent prayer of man avails much. Amen. And then after that, at dawn, we'll come and do dawn broadcasts. And they'll still be looking at us as if you are strange. You are so somewhere. And then sometimes they are going to learn. And you are going for meetings. And you look like you will be behind. But we always tell our young people, you need to have a balanced life. So when believers have also come back and they are teaching and all that, know that you, you don't have that luxury. That you also go and study. Amen? But as the years have the one most popular are the one the most unknown who had the most boyfriends are sometimes the one who didn't marry at all to my amazement the ones who when they passed by us we would stop our conversation and we would look from head to toe in great admiration of their snakeskin bag snakeskin dress and snakeskin shoes Amen? Yeah. And it looked to the eyes as if these were the people living life. And they had many sponsors. Wow. One day, one of them was beaten by a man. China, wham. And to London, wham. And to New York, wham. And you are still stealing on me, wham. I said, hey, this comes as a great cost. <laughs> but after all said and done, it is the ones who, by the grace of God, chose Christ who are standing. And it is the ones who served God, who often would bless with God-fearing men. Because you know the fellowship, you are flowing, and then you, you still believe the similar things, and you are just moving ahead, and then God just opens the door for you. So that is why the Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come. Because you grow, evil days will come. I'm sorry. Life is not the same seasons throughout. Evil days will come. Evil days will come in marriage. Evil days will come in health. Evil days will come at work. Evil days will come when you are driving. Evil days will come when you are walking. Evil days will come. At different times, it says, when you put on the armor, you will be able to withstand in the evil day. 
Amen? So I pray that this afternoon you will choose to be a vessel that God can use to influence posterity. Amen. Okay. I said Esther, right? Let's go to Esther chapter 2. Now, I'm sure you all know the story. And because of time, LPVM, you have to give me a, a cue when I'm going to, too long. Okay? We know the story of Esther, how the king Ahasuerus was king over 127 provinces from Ethiopia to India. And he had a beautiful wife called Vashti. And he made a feast for all great men and his servants. And he had too much wine to drink. He asked for Vashti to be brought. He asked seven men out of respect and honor for Vashti to go and usher her in. And the Bible said to show off her beauty. And Vashti said, I don't have time for such things. This is the age of women's liberation. You can't just be calling me like that. I'm also doing other things, you know? So she didn't come. And then the king's friends advised him that this thing that the queen has done, every other woman will become rebellious. So you have to do something about it. That is what happens when you are married to a public figure. What should be private becomes public. And people are beginning to discuss you, Queen Vashti. And whatever is wrong in your marriage, which is wrong in their marriages as well, they begin to take you up. But anyway, so when that happened, Vashti lost her place. Now, the king's friends advised him, send a decree, and ask all young virgins, all beautiful people, come and do a beauty pageant so that you will choose whatever you want. And these people will be in the custody of Hege, the king's chamberlain. He was a keeper of the women. And you can give them things for purification. And then you choose the one that pleases you. Chapter 5. Now in Sushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamin who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. There had been many carryings away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. Now, if we are going to be a person of influence or a woman of influence, you are likely to come from an unlikely background. Likely, not always in terms of money, but unlikely in terms of everything. Now, this Mordecai was himself a slave. He had been carried away captive when there's war and they carry prisoners of war. He was one of them. And he had been carried by this king, carried by this from here to here, from here to here, and finally ended up in Persia. 
And such a person is the one who has now become your father. He doesn't even have before he will give you. In law, we say, Nemo dat non quod habit. You cannot give what you don't have. So if you don't have something, you can just not give it to somebody else. Apart from that, Esther's parents had passed away. She was an And although she was fair and beautiful, the Bible uses fair and attractive and beautiful, she was still being raised by a poor uncle. So she didn't even have what it takes to be a woman. She's being raised by a man. So things that she should be taught, she didn't know. My little daughter was just reading a storybook and she was telling me about a girl whose mother had died and she was with her father and she, she, she couldn't talk to her father about anything. She was puberty. Couldn't tell her. Couldn't really explain to her what was happening. She needed to go and buy whatever she needed for a woman. She didn't know how to go about it. Her aunt lived in another city. So many things. She was wondering. She was going out. What to do with her hair. She didn't know how she would relate to her father. That was Esther's predicament. And the Bible says that this was the one that God chose. Now many of us wallow in low self-esteem. Sometimes it's not because of your background, but you just think, oh, I'm not the likable kind. I'm not the kind that people usually are attracted to for some reason. Either what you have heard growing up or your own insects in you minister all these things to you. And many times because of that, you don't think that you can be God's choice or candidate to carry anything precious the sight of God. Esther could have thought that way, but we are not told that that's where she, that's how she thought. Now, other women were also part of the beauty but they were from that land. They probably had mothers, fathers, and relatives around them, but she had nobody except Mordecai. Now, a woman of influence must not look at where she's coming from. A person of influence must not look at what the background or what the story has been as usual. A person must look to God to bring his purpose and his plan to pass the person's lives. Amen. When I look at my family, I was the first person to be born again among my siblings. I was also the youngest girl. I am the youngest girl. So I had Big brothers, big sisters who really believed in jamming. Hey, when the night opened, they'll go. They'll pass. And some of them will even give me their notes to go and take to their boyfriends. I was the courier. And when I got born again, it was a very lonely experience. And they used to sometimes make fun of me and also wonder that this thing that she has, will it last? And they also spoke a lot about my Sunday school teacher who had brought me to Christ. They said, this is your teacher. He's not proper. He's his wife. He does this. He does that. And then I would be trying to defend the teacher. And then, even as I grew up, my brothers, who are now pastors in Lighthouse, teased me. So when I got a beloved, 
the beloved will come and visit me. Then they'll say, why is it that when the beloved comes to visit you, he sits in the sitting room with you? I said, where should we sit? Ah, your boyfriend, pa, come visit you. Then you are sitting in the sitting room. Then you go, he said, you are going to bring a drink. Then you go and bring food, everything in the sitting room. So look, there are rooms in this house. Can you people not go there? And I'll look at them in dismay and say, no, Christians don't live like that. Then they will say to me in pigeon, then the relationship in no day here. You never do anything in no day here. It's not necessary. And then they'll ask me, so how do you express yourself? I said, oh, by words, by gifts, then they'll be laughing, rolling in laughter. But as time went on, eventually they got born again. So I'm saying that sometimes you come from the most unlikely background. You know, you are the first to be born again in your house. You are the youngest girl. Who can you influence? Whose life can you touch? But I think that when you just make it your simple duty to love God and to walk with him, automatically you become a light. Automatically you become salt. Automatically you affect people without making yourself gender. Amen. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. So when my husband became my beloved, and by the way, by the grace of God, I married my first beloved. Wow. Amen. And you can believe God for the same. You are the temple of the living God. You are not a lot of kiosk. Everybody should come and buy uh, something from. You are a temple. So your body, so that God can be pleased with you. And so that you yourself will build your relationship on a good foundation. God does not withhold certain things from you because he doesn't want you to have pleasure. He withholds certain things from you because he knows that timing is not right. At the right time, you can do whatever you want with your husband in the bedroom. Amen, ladies. And so... A person of influence, a woman of influence, is likely to come from an unlikely background. If you are told God will use me for in the future, I would have said, yeah, it's true, but you are thinking a bit too far. If you had said, even when the church, if you had come and given me a prophecy, say, I see you and your husband. He has now become a bishop. Your church is 1,500. You are in about 60 countries. I see it. I don't know whether I would have had faith to grasp it. You have told me, you see the Kodesh. I, would not, I may not, my faith would not change. But that is what God does. Amen. Now, she had an uncle called Mordecai. And he is the one who said, enroll in this beauty pageant. He's looking for wives. Prime candidate, she didn't know. A woman of influence is somebody who is likely and always will be under authority. She had a Mordecai in her life. Let me ask you, who speaks into your life? Some of you, you are lords unto yourself, even at this age. How much more when you grow up? 
and you become an MP, it will not be easy for us. Because even now, nobody can reach you. The leaders in the fellowship cannot reprimand you, Christians of today. But our time, when you are just pastor, the leader of the fellowship will call you and say, Adelaide, what do you learn for your quiet time today? You know? And I remember one little girl we called when we were in sixth form. We're all going to the dining hall and we started to walk with her. I don't even want to mention her name because now she must be some big woman somewhere. And we said, what did you learn for your quiet this morning? She said, I learned that when your friend hits, you don't hit the friend. And when they ask you for food, they say, hey, where did you, she was from Kumasi, she said, where did you read from? She said, oh, John 1-1. One, one. And then my friends and I started laughing. And so she saw that she had been found out. Then she just turned around. She said, they jawajul and locking me. She was in form one. <laughs> you know? That was the Christianity. You were accountable to somebody. Somebody could call you and say, this dress you are wearing, it doesn't honor God. You are showing all your breasts. We don't need to see it. Amen? Amen. But they tell you, I'm not coming to the fellowship again. I, I, I can't stand it. I mean, they are judgmental. Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. So there's some place for judgment. Even you, you judge what is good and bad. You make choices. So, say, this dress you are wearing, it's not godly. Say, eh, now they are dictating to me. We have told you why. The dress is so transparent. Half your thighs are showing. And you say, it's mini. It's worse than mini. But was somebody who authority could speak into her life. She could be counseled. No matter how big you become in the Lord, even if you become a bishop, a lady reverend, always be at the place where people can speak into your life. I always tell people that even Naaman, listen to his maidservant. So God can also use those under you to minister to you. If you have not listened to his maidservant, you'll be left with his leprosy. Amen? Mordecai is the one in Esther's life. And he says, run for this beauty pageant. Now don't tell me, oh, so the Bible, they were doing beauty pageants. This one was to look for your wife. Not to see how big your thighs are and how big your waist is. It was looking for a wife for the king. Amen? So Esther and Rose. Now the Bible says a very significant thing. The king's people said to him that, let's look for all the women who are fair and beautiful in the land and let them come and stay in a place for 12 months. And then we will give them all the spices needed, all the ointments needed, all the beauty treatment before they go into the king. And whoever the king likes, that's the person that um, will be chosen. Now, when you look at verse 9, it says, And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. This is the, the, the custodian in the house where all the maidens are brought and are prepared. The Bible says, The maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her her things for purification, with such things as belonged to her. And seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he prepared her, her maids, unto the best place of the house 
of the women. Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what will become of her. Amen. Now, when you look at the Bible, the king's people said that, let all the beautiful maidens be brought, and then the one who pleases you. But as soon as it's the place where all the women are, God just grants her divine favor. And the man who is in charge, the Bible says, she just pleased him. And he was so kind to her. And he just decided that I'll give you this. I'll give you seven maidens. I'll do this for you. Beloved, such things are not by power. So what I want to say is that you may have a gifting. You may have a talent. But if God's hand is not on you, certain places that the gifting and talent take you, you may not end up there. It is just the grace and the favor of God. So being gifted, being talented is not enough. You need a divine hand on what you are doing. Amen? Now, there were many other ladies. They were all beautiful. They were all beauty queens. They had all been brought there. But none of them was shown that kindness. And none of them pleased Hegiah the eunuch like the rest of these people. Amen, somebody? Amen. Have a bit of a problem with modern day Christianity. We always teach that you have to, you have to work at getting the favor. I think that the favor of God comes just by pleasing him. But I don't think that your reason for obedience to God should be because you want something. Because you want favor to come upon you. But just because you love him. It's better to serve him out of love than to serve him because you want something from him. Esther did not have an agenda. She just went at herself. But she had been brought up as a Jewish girl. She had worked with God. Her ankle had been a covering over her. Mordecai walked up and down just like the Holy Spirit does. Walking over you and seeing whether all is well with you. And when she just stepped into the place, a certain favor came upon her. Amen? I think that we work too much in the flesh to bring favor. When you are told that, oh, God's favor is upon you, you say, yes, I receive favor. Then after that, you see a man, you want to marry him by force. You want him to fall in love with you by force. Now you start to go there. You start to do things you shouldn't do. You start to work out your own salvation. Amen? Amen. When I first met my husband, I didn't like him. When he's preaching, when he's preaching he'll tell you, my wife says she didn't like me, but she's, she's lying. Anyway, I thought that he was too spiritual. Whenever I met him in Volta Hall and I said, hello, brother Doug, then he would say, Ke bala mama. <laughs> hello, sister Adelaide. I'm going to heaven. I'm blood-bought. I'm washed in the blood. Demons tremble at me. And 
I'm on my way to heaven. What about you? Then I'll be very bored in me. And I'll say, this guy, he thinks he's the only one going to heaven, eh? But I wouldn't say it to him. I would say it through the friend. I'll say, this is your guy. He thinks he's... The friend would also say, hmm, that's what Doug did. That's how he is, you know? But now when I looked back, I saw that I was a Christian, all right, but a compromising one. And because he was uncompromising, you know, he has not done it. I say, eh, this guy, he feels he's the only one going to heaven. So sometimes when you complain about someone, eh, she thinks she's beautiful. She thinks, you think so. You think. And you yourself, you are far away from the mark. So you have problems with the person. So because I was a Christian, on the outside, I looked okay. But I was very compromised, nice with unbelievers. And he was not like that. You see? So when I greeted him, ah. and then when he enters the hall, there's a big space in the middle. He'll just be walking. From the beginning of the porter's lodge to the end. So when I see him, I'll just pass under some trees. Then a friend of mine will say, you really want to avoid this guy? He's too much. He is just too much. But with time, I myself came to a place where I needed to give up everything and go all out with God. But when I did that, I didn't have the promise of anything. Do you understand? God just gave me a word. Come out from among them and be separate. I wept. One night, it was over. I said, Lord, I'm not going to be here and there. I'm going all out for you. And that was it. Because I didn't like him. I, it didn't even occur to me that this would be my future husband. <laughs> Although now when I tell my daughters, then they go, eh, it's like, they probably don't believe. But that's what happened. And I joined the fellowship. I was in the University Christian Fellowship, and later I joined his fellowship. I'll go with my roommate. Nobody has sent us. We'll just arrange the chairs. Who we'll, were in love with Jesus. Okay? And I had said that I would be a missionary, and I wasn't going to marry. So I felt, okay, my roommate, beloved, I thought, well, that's her cup of tea. She should be happy. But I think that as you serve God, you even look more attractive. And as you love God, a certain something, glory comes around you that you don't even know about. Even unbelievers recognize that. Because I knew a guy on campus, he used to tell me, I saw you, I will marry you. I said, ah. You are not sure you will marry me. So I will marry you. And if I don't marry you, I will marry a Crefe girl just like you. <laughs> yes, and he did. He is still an unbeliever. And he married this, my nice Crefe sister. I wasn't amused. He married, way after we had finished school, I saw him in time. I said, I told you I will marry a believer. I said, what happened? He said, do you know this sister? I said, yes. Uh-huh. The choir leader. Do you know? I said, yes. She's my wife. I was very hurt. But I think that brings a sense of glory. And then people begin to want to marry you. Amen. Amen. So Esther is taken into this place. And then she, she has to go through a time of purification. Okay? And so, verse 12. Now when every maid's turn was to go into Kina, Hazarius, after that she had 12 months, according to the manner of the woman... 
For so were the days of their purifications accomplished. To wait six months with oil of myrrh, six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the woman. Then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. In the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. Now what happened is, everybody went through a period of purification. But not everybody's purification profit. They say, all the 12 months, you take all the things you want, they give you oil of uh, meh, oil of aloes, cinnamon, to beautify yourself for one man. After one night, if he says, no, it doesn't please me, all your purification has become cost 90. Amen. And then they put you in a second house, which means you are forgotten. And then now you are transferred from Haggai to Shashgaz, even the name. And then you are not called again. But Esther went through the time of purification. No matter how gifted you are, no matter how talented you are, no matter how anointed you are, God will take you through a time of purification. The Bible says, us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Bible says we are changed from glory into glory till we become conformed to the image of his son. So you may be gifted, but you will go through a time of purification. Sometimes your motives may not be right. God will purify you. Sometimes you don't have the fruits of the spirit. God will purify you. Sometimes your concept of life is even flawed. God will purify you. But will you stand the time of purification? Will you go through the 12 months? Or when you reach 4 months, you say, this Christianity, you know what? I've had enough. What one king I'm going to meet that he's preparing me so much. It's okay. I'm beautiful already. No matter your beauty, no matter your gifting, you still are a work in progress. You still need to be worked on. You can never be enough. There's nothing like that. To be a woman of influence, you will go through different stages of life. The Bible says so long as we live, summer and winter, day and night, Summer and winter, what, harvest and time, they will never cease. Never. They are not the same seasons. Seed time is different from harvest. Night is different from day. And the Bible says the night cometh. Night will come. Some of you sitting here, when we see you in 40 years, your makeup would have become like this. All your hair would have gone and will be seen white hair in your beard. And then we'll ask that, are you my mate? Because the night comes to everybody. So as for me, I'm not when people are laughing at other people, that, hey, hey, your old man day, my old woman day, 
And my old woman talks, say, it's just a matter of time. You will become an old man and an old woman. So there's no problem. So far as God gives us life. Amen. But will you stand the times that change? When you are going through a hard time and you can't see God. When you have financial difficulties and you can't see God. Will you still press on in your work with him? Or you will give up when you see that sugar daddy. You say, sugar, come to me. You are sweeter than what I'm going through. Amen, ladies. Amen. Oil of me. Me stands for death. The Bible says, except a ton of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abides alone. Except you die. I don't mean physical death, but you die to self. You die to self-centeredness. You die to worldliness. You die to whatever is holding you. God cannot be where you ought to be. I'm always given the of God calling me into ministry. And I, 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 I assess myself that I am the humblest, one of the humblest things God has ever created. And then the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you that you are not as humble as you thought. Because when God called me into full-time ministry, it was time. It wasn't Bishop Dag who called me. If Bishop Dag had called me, I would have resigned by now. Any small pain, any small cha challenge, I would have said, you called me, I'm going to do something else. But God called me. And when God called me, Related to timing. God had called, but the right time came. Jesus was there from the foundations of the earth. But at a certain point, the Bible said, God made manifest his son. So you may be there serving God, working as a Christian, but the timing. When the time came for me to leave my legal practice to become a pastor, I knew already that God had called me. But I had great difficulty because of people like you about pastors. Because of newspapers. And every day they say, Pastor rapes girl. Pastor does it. Fetish priest is now described as a pastor. And when I looked at all that, I said, Lord, you know, these people are going to say that my shoe is from the first offering. My dress is from the second offering. And my bag is from the tithe. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, I don't have a problem with you. I have a problem with the people. The people, they are very some way. Even my children said to me, when we used to say at school that you were a lawyer, it was more prestigious. But when we said that our father is a pastor, then one of the children said to my child that then he's a thief. <laughs> like it goes together. You know? So, oh, your father is a pastor, then he's a thief, a little child. Probably had it at home. Head it around. So that was my Isaac. And also some people maybe, you, 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 when God calls you, he gives you a dislike for what you are doing. So you just know that it's the ministry you want. I didn't have that experience. I loved what I was doing. And I still love law. And I still do some legal. I love what I'm doing. I can see that this work, I like it. Not to stand in court, not advocacy. But just consultancy, you know, I love it. Documents and, and yet I knew that there was a higher calling. So when I went to God and I said, 
God, you know, it's not you, but the people. You know, it's very difficult now to obey you. And God said, you are very proud. I said, it cannot be me. You are talking about somebody else. And God said, well, you are telling yourself. Eh, you know the background I come from. Do you know how traveled I am before I even married my husband? Do you know what money my father has? Do you know where I'm coming from? Do you know I've never been in need by the grace of God before? Do you know my fees were always paid ahead of time? Do you know? I met a lady in our South African church. A doctor now. A famous doctor. And she said, hey, did you live in I said, yes. Hey, are you a Miss Baden? I said, yes. Hey, hey, I was in the same church with you. The way your father will park the car and you people will be wearing your hats. You all count down daintily. I was from a very poor home. So I'll just be looking at you and say, hey, these people. And then when you come, all the pews will be full. Then your father will open his boots. Then you bring all your folded chairs. Then they just put you in front and you all line up and you sit down and say, hey, da bang. <laughs> so then looking at all that, coming to be a pastor, then you will be telling me that my shoes are first offering and all these kind of things. So I said, Lord, it's not you, but it's the people. God said it's pride. And the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about it. And I repented in my of pride. And I came to the point where I said, Lord, I don't even have one. God took me to Philippians chapter 2 or 3 where it says that he made himself of no reputation. I said, say yes, even my son. He had the whole creation, the whole of heaven, including you. And he, was not he made himself, not somebody made him of no reputation and humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross. And took upon himself the form of a servant. Nobody forced him to do it. He took it upon himself. And God said, can you do that? Yes, Father. You see, when we give our testimonies, it looks easy. Oh, and then I just said, Lord, I'll do it. It's not like Yes, I've been shared in secret. There's been a lot of brokenness in secret. But I was brought up as a Christian. That God said it. I believe it, that settles it. These were the three things we were taught. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So since God had said it, I believed it, and that settles it. I've never had a more fulfilling life than being in the ministry. Tell me which legal case you can quote that heals marriages. Tell me which legal case you can quote that heals broken lives. Tell me which legal case you can quote that heals incurable diseases. Tell me which legal case you can quote that saves people through eternity. There's a higher calling. And yet it wasn't easy to come to that place. When I went to work and they were saying, oh, scholarships for masters in Barbados. Scholarships, people looked at me and they thought, my boss once called me and said, what is your career progression? You don't seem to have any. To, to, to progress on the, on the legal, you don't seem to, no. There was one particular lady, she was one of my bosses. She used to look at me and I could see that it was with disdain. It's like, you don't know why you are here. Eh? When people are going ahead, doing masters, specializing, you are sitting there. And then they just come and pass by you. you, you she, she once met my mother-in-law and said, um, Adelaide, 
She, she knew she didn't want to take the law fine. My mother-in-law said, no, it pained her. Oh, really? So it pained her to leave it. But you don't know. Because when they bring the courses, you are there. When they do this, you are there. Why? Because you have gone through a time of purification. Gone through a time when May has been used to purify you. May is death. Jesus was given May at his, as his birth to signify what would happen to him. The Christians of today, you are not ready to die for anything. You don't die for what you believe. You don't die for your faith. There's nothing. You don't want anything happening. And whenever you come for counsel, say, Lady Reverend, it's not easy. He never said it would be easy. Amen? The Bible says, All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Period. I love the Bible because it's not like the raps that boy gives you. It tells you the truth. Amen, somebody. So even though Esther was beautiful, even though she had made it to the, the beauty pageant, even though she had favor, she still had to go through a time of purification. Your gifting cannot be enough. Your intelligence cannot be enough. Your background cannot be enough. God wants to personally engage you and to be involved with you. God will purify you. Amen? Some of you, since you became a Christian, you have never sacrificed anything for God before. Everything is your comfort. Oh, media, my bro. Prayer. Oh, I can't go. Look, people who are dabbling in black magic, they are not sleeping. Then you. You are snoring big time. The Bible says when Zion traveled, not when she had a party, she brought forth children. Many, many big ministries in town were in the Legon Gardens when we were there. Birthing the ministries that have come about today. They have been through times of purification. And it doesn't happen once. You go through it from season to season. Amen, somebody? You, the only thing you have to sacrifice is that foolish dress you find nice that is some way. And you are not prepared to sacrifice it. When they say we are fasting today, you say, hey, me this fasting I can't do. I have to eat all the time. God will take you through a time of purification. And then, when Esther now was chosen by the king and she got married, she came to that place where she was now in the palace. And an edict came from the king, Haman, that all Jews should be slaughtered. Esther didn't know. She's now in the palace, so she's not in touch with grassroots things. You see, she has moved to another level. Many of us, when we get to a place, we forget where we are coming from and we lose our purpose. Your purpose for being in the palace is not because of your beauty and your marriage to the king. Your purpose is higher and is to save God's people and also to stop the rebel from being wiped out. So when Mordecai wore sackcloth coming before the gate, the Bible said he was not allowed to wear sackcloth. But Mordecai was in such grief that it didn't matter. He was just... Take clothes to him, eh? Tell him to wear it. Why is he crying like that? And Mordecai refused to take the clothes and said that, look, don't you know what is happening? Esther didn't know. She was out of touch. Some of you, small blessing, your destiny will dwindle, dissolve, pass somewhere. That's what's going to happen to you. Mordecai said, think not that you have come to the kingdom. Think not that you 
will escape more than the people who are outside. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. The main reason for God bringing you into Vashti's place is so that you will save his people and generation yet unborn. But you do you think that is so that you will become Queen Esther? So that when they are going to official functions, then you will dress and you will just be following the king. And then they'll say, Oh, the queen opened this event. The queen came to do this. That's all you live for. I'm sorry. And I get a queen's wave like this. So now no. You'll be waving like this. Say, hey, I've become very DB. Nonsense. Mordecai sent to warn her. But Mordecai's influence was not lost on her. It's not that sometimes you wouldn't pray. But when the Holy Spirit and the word of God comes, you must be able to change. So Esther changed. She said, go and fast for me. She was now talking sense. Go and fast for me. I and my maidens will also fast. I'll break all protocol and I'll go to the king. And she said, and if I perish, I perish. That is where God wants to get you to. Not mediocre commitment, not halfway commitment, but the place where even if my faith costs me, I will go all out. When you have to break up with that foolish boy, it's unfortunate that you even cry. Mark it somewhere two years from now. You will come and say, I just want to thank God for blessing and delivering me from some unhealthy relationships. Amen, somebody. You have to come to the place where you say, I perish. I perish. Amen? Amen. Esther came to that place. And she went in and sought the king for the Jewish people. And she was able to secure the rescue. And the Bible says that up to today, Jewish people celebrate the feast of Esther. She thought that she was just for the moment. A woman of influence. Your influence will continue after you are dead. Your your influence will continue beyond your grave. And your gifted talents are not just for you. It is to affect others. But we are so self-centered that we think that it's for us. Oh, it's for me to have a good life. You say, oh, I see you being blessed. Amen. When you receive a blessing, it's so that others may also be blessed. Amen, somebody? Most of the things that I share and preach about are things that I learned in my quiet time. I think God ministered to me in some of the most darkest periods of my life. There are things that I memorize scripture as a young girl. And those scriptures still stay with me. So your investment is for generations yet unborn. Amen. So a person of influence is somebody who sees the larger picture. And the larger picture is the kingdom of God. You are not in ministry so that you can ooze with prosperity. You are in ministry so that many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. How many of us even evangelize these days? How many of us even know how to witness? Most of us come to my church, come to my church, come to my church. If whilst he's coming to your church, a bus knocks him down, he will die and go to hell. Amen? The Bible says, preach the word, be instant. Some of you, you don't even know which verse you will share. The famous verses. For God so loved the world. That's the only one you know. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You don't know. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of 
God is eternal life. You don't know. You don't know how to talk to someone. John 1, 12, as many as believed him and received him, he gave them power to become the children of God. So, you know, we are all creatures of God, but you are not a child of God. Would you like to be a child of God? Really? What's the benefit of being a child of God? You know, Adam fell in the garden with Eve and we were estranged from God. So God created us, but we are not his children. But God created a way by sending his son Jesus to die for us. Do you know that the, the payment we should get is death? Remember Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. But God gave us a gift, which is eternal life. Would you like to receive Jesus now? Bow your head with me. But every day, you are talking about and foolish things. Amen. You say you are a Christian. We don't see the difference between you and unbelievers. If you just walk with God, you will become a person of influence. If you just walk with God, because you will have light, you will be salt. And salt is only effective when it's put in food. Naturally, food will flow to so that you will become the salt. Amen? So if you want to make your mark, mean business with God. Because he has your destiny and your purpose in his hand. And he will unfold it in time. Amen, somebody? Amen, somebody? Some of you, you are just in the university. Oh, I'm reading this course, and after that, I'll become this, and I'll then go to the States, and I'll do master. It's well and good. One will give you your breath if he says, Bring it now. You won't finish even level 100. What becomes of you? But it's always good to have that attitude the Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Don't be afraid of God. It's good and it works out well more than anything else. I pray that you will not leave Regent University without leaving your mark here. Your mark of being a light. Your mark of being salt. Look, I didn't get up and I said, oh, I'm called. So let me know. It was faithfulness in little things. Faithfulness as a Bible study leader. Faithfulness as a leader. Faithfulness in sweeping the hall and arranging chairs. Faithfulness in person-to-person witnessing. Faithfulness in taking initiative in the things of God. And it is step by step that you come to this point. And even this point, you haven't finished. God has more in store for you. But today you are sitting in Regent University listening to me. What makes that possible is just walking with God for years. I could never have framed it myself. I, I, when I'm speaking at certain places, like in October, huh, I had to speak in Australia. The journey there over the sea uh, for 14 hours. And at a point, I think the food on the plane was even bad, so I began to feel sick. And all that, but I was, I had to get ready to go and preach. And the one I, I stood up to preach, you know, the people there had come from Fiji, had come from Papua New Guinea, had come from New Zealand, had come. I said, it cannot be. And it cannot be my word be that I have to speak. Without the Bible, I have nothing to say. But it's just walking with God has made me a woman of influence across the seas. Australia is called Down and Under. Down and Under. How did a girl in a small room in a corner join a small group called the Tears of Jesus? Give her life to Christ at the age of nine. How could she be nurtured by her Sunday school teacher and come to a place like this? It was not divine. 
you will not even know what is in you. So when they say, I'm a woman of purpose, uh, yes, you just recognize that there's something in you, but you don't even know what it is. It takes a Mordecai to say, yes, you have this and this and that. So enroll it. You are likely not to know what your strengths are. It's when the season comes, you just see that, ah, I'm able to rise up to become this. I'm ready to, to walk and become this. Look, a lot of things is by the grace of God. I didn't regent you and say, invite me. I think I have something to share. I was in my little closet. But found and God said, go here, go there. The bottom line is your personal relationship with God. And I will never move away from that. Because that is what I have experienced. I pray that today, not just breeze through Regent University, but you will leave your mark on the sands of time. Let some light lift your hands and say, because of you, I came to know Jesus. Because of you, my walk with God was strengthened. Because of you, I saw the miraculous hand of God. Leave a divine mark on the sands of this time, and you will never regret it. Do you know why you will not regret it? Because God is the best employer you could ever have. His fringe benefits excel everybody else. His conditions of service are incomparable. You can never outgive God. I pray that in addition to your course, you will have a spiritual aim, a spiritual vision, a spiritual objective. Allow God to use you greatly on this campus. Stand to your feet, please. Every eye closed and every head bowed. I just want you to talk. It's not a social event. It's a time of speaking to the Father. Pray that whatever time of purification takes you through, you will survive. Pray that he will cleanse you with his blood. You know that you should be somewhere in your walk with him, but you, you know that you are lagging behind. You know that you need to be stirred up to higher heights. You know that. You know that you need to be a person of influence, not only on this campus, but in the life that is to come. Pray to God and surrender. Some of you have been fighting God's will. Some of you have been fighting God's word in your life. It's now time to be an Esther. Where the word of God becomes an authority in your life and can speak to you. Talk to God now. I decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
by your power. Deliver them from evil and from every part of the enemy. Bring them your destiny and your plan for their lives. Deliver them for you. Please take them and grow in the things of God. You need to fellowship to grow and you need shipwreck my faith. You are here like that. Just come forward. You sense God's call on your life. And like Moses, you need to be protected in the wicker basket. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just come to will and to do. These ones have come to you sensing a divine call on their lives. I pray that that call may not be I pray that that call may not be shipwrecked. I deliver them from pride. I deliver them from anything that will abort your call on their lives. I pray that they will not be deceived by the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of, the, of riches and the love we choke the word of God. I forbid them to have that work in them in Jesus' name. I pray that the word will fall on good soil in their lives. That Lord, they will be fruitful. That because of them, many will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Lord, may they be people of influence. May they affect generations in great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit at the Kodesh North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.